Welcome to Dice Camera Action in Audio Form. I'm Greg Tito, host of Dragon Talk. Chris Perkins is the dungeon master for the amazing group of adventurers known as the Waffle Crew. They've been broadcasting on twitch.tv slash dnd at 4 p.m. Pacific time every Tuesday for a while, but we wanted to give fans who prefer to listen in audio form a way to follow their adventures. We're going back to the start of the Waffle Crew's adventures in Barovia and the greater Sword Coast area and publishing them all on this new podcast feed. Going forward, we'll be releasing weekly episodes pulled from the live stream here on the Dice Camera Action RSS. For more information on the Waffle Crew or Dice Camera Action, go to dnd.wizards.com dca or head to the Dice Camera Action wiki at dicecamerraaction.gamepedia.com for full episode recaps and information about all the NPCs, guest appearances, and adopted pets of the party. For this episode, we'll pick up right when Chris Perkins says hello to the crew. Enjoy this suboptimal party. Welcome to the first episode of Dice Camera Action, our Curse of Strahd adventure. I am your dungeon master, Chris Perkins. Yeah. Yay, Chris! Yeah. It's happening! <laughs> hey. Uh, with me, I have four outstanding luminaries. <laughs> and uh, we'll introduce you to their characters shortly. But first, uh, I'd like to introduce Holly Conrad. Jared Nabenbauer. Ken Nabenbauer. Hard to You pronounce it? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very German. Like yeah. a Knigget. Knigget. Mm-hmm. Nabenbauer. Yes. That is so cool. Foster <laughs> Robinson. Hello. And Nathan Smith. Hello. All right. Uh, so, hey guys, you got your characters all whipped up. Uh, yep. We're going to start this adventure with you guys all around a campfire. How does that sound? All right. Okay. Uh, so, your characters all know each other, and they've known each other for a few adventures now. Um, for those who are watching in the student audience, uh, all of our characters are third level. They're not quite as fragile as first level characters, and that's going to be important for reasons that we'll be revealed. And so uh, you guys have left the comforts of the town of Daggerford, which is in the Forgotten Realms. And you've set out on an adventure and found yourselves sitting around a campfire in the woods um, of the Misty Forest. And uh, it's kind of a cold night. And like many other nights before this one, you're just killing the time until morning comes and you can set out again, continue on your adventure. And as you all gathered around the campfire, rubbing your hands together near the flames, cooking wieners or whatever. (laughs) All right. Whatever the FR equivalent of a wiener is. I want to give you this chance to introduce your character and tell us a little bit about this person. And let's start with Holly. All right. I mean, we're just sitting around the campfire, so. Yeah, you're just, so just sort of meta speaking, uh, let's say, let's imagine that this is a movie and the camera is just ah. drifting around the campfire and kind of fixing on each of you briefly 
in that moment, what is what is one or two things that we know about your character? Got it. That's 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 I, I see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, well, obviously, uh, Strix is a tiefling, but you don't know that because she's covered in long draped robes with weird things hanging off of it. They look a little dirty, a little musty. Definitely not clean. <laughs> she has lots of uh, fluffy, long black hair, kind of spiky, maybe dreaded. You can't really tell. There's two little horns in it. She doesn't have her hood up. Usually she has her hood up when she's around people that are not comfortable with the fact that she's a tiefling. But right now she's with company who know her. She's not afraid. Um, she's sitting there kind of just like picking at some stuff on her robe. And there's a little tiny rat head just pick, just peeking out. And it looks really gross though. It's got a brain on top. And she's oh. she, she says a lot of weird things. And she's got her staff lying behind her. And she's just She's not really cooking anything. She's not really interested. She's just kind of like picking at herself. <laughs> it has a brain, like the, the rat has an exposed brain. Is yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and she's telling, she's going stinky. No, stinky. Please don't bite that. Oh, come on. Oh, God. Stinky. Oh. Come on. What'd we say? <laughs> so yeah, there you go. That's Strix. Welcome. Does the, <laughs> does the rat appear to be alive? Oh, the rat's alive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of slow. I mean, probably wouldn't let her be touching her if he wasn't, like, somehow a little bit off. <laughs> do you scratch its brain, or do you leave the brain alone? Uh, she'll scratch his brain. She doesn't, you know, she's, she's, she's doesn't care. She's seen, she's seen things. <laughs> you're just, like, but, you're just petting the brain, just like, oh, there you go. Boy. Yeah. There you go. And he's obviously been, been chewing some holes in her already messed up robes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Perturbed that another one has appeared after all this time. <laughs> All right, and then the camera drifts from Strix over to Jared's character, Dieth. Greetings. I am Dieth Woodrow, human rogue born and raised in Waterdeep, though my childhood wasn't nearly as eloquent as some others that I've always found a way to make do. Now, Dieth has always been a rogue, but he is not a thief. That's part of his past. He does not go out and just blindly mug other people or break into people's homes and find whatever valuables they have just to take them. He is more more often than not a treasure hunter, going out to different uh, tombs uh, and crypts and finding long-forgotten treasures of the past and finding uh, the joy and the adventuring and finding that more so than just having actual riches. So because of that, a lot of his treasures he tends to keep for himself rather than selling off and just trying to get a little bit of coin. Though he has had to do that in the past to, you know, survive in the harsh realities of this world. Uh, so with that, uh, he's not very, uh, he's not very, uh, uh, doesn't have like a lot of jewels or stuff or anything on him. He's, he's very, very simple. He enjoys the adventure. And at this campfire at the moment, he's currently cleaning off his trusty pair of lockpicks and kind of polishing up to make sure they're already always in pristine condition and ready to be used. But at the same time, he always keeps his mind on a uh, mysterious ring of keys that he once received long ago to locks long forgotten. Would you say he's an attractive fellow or uh, plain uh, looking? Or? Slightly on the attractive side, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's comfortable around people and he, like, he knows how to talk to people. Uh, he's not, say, a bard. Right, but, you know, attractive, <laughs> and he skins a mean rabbit. Like he's, yeah, he knows how to survive. Exactly. 
Anna, the camera pans over to Evelyn. Uh, she'd correct you and say it's actually Evelyn. Uh-huh. <laughs> but but don't worry, you'll get it soon. Uh, Evelyn appears uh, in very stark contrast to Strix, especially <laughs> immaculately dressed and clean. Um, she is a paladin and she's wearing a breastplate and she's very much like you see ivory and gold all over her as much as possible. She's very um, well kept and she kind of appears like I'm not sure, cher- cherubic, cherubic, however you say that word. She's got kind of like a round face, rosy little cheeks, and blonde, curly, short hair. But she's decked out with weapons, just a beast of a warrior. But she just, she's like the definition of cute but deadly. Um, and she kind of looks like, even though she's small, if you look close, you can tell she's just extremely built. Um, and she kind of seems to radiate this strength that you don't understand why you feel that from her, but she just radiates this, like, don't mess with me. But on the flip side, she, uh, everyone she speaks to and her countenance and everything is bright and welcoming and, um, just so excited to see you. And she actually, as a strange coincidence, has um, among her various accoutrements of battle, she also has a little leather pouch on her waist out of which a tiny little mouse face is sticking. <laughs> and she just happens to be carrying around this mouse that she she came upon in the street and has been nursing back to health, who she seems to be calling Glory. Um, and yeah, she, or sorry, no, not Glory, Juniper. Juniper is Juniper. the name. Yeah. Um, I can see there's going to be a mouse rat conflict somewhere in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, she would tell you she comes from just a a small little provincial town. Never, you know, nothing fancy or anything, but it was an old family. And um, so she's kind of had a very privileged childhood. She's definitely not the kind of person you would call self-centered but she doesn't really understand that the world doesn't revolve around her because she's always been so strong and always had the power of her god Lathander behind her for so long that she kind of tends to be a little over optimistic about everything <coughs> um and she um she really likes to take care of others but sometimes misses these sometimes more common concerns that they might have all right so she is the ray of light in this mm-hmm. dark party yeah, she'd like to. She'd like to think so, Chris. Yeah. Excellent. And I'm guessing that your family ties probably extend uh, back to the city of Waterdeep somewhere. Like maybe the Marthane family has a house there, or a, uh, some sort of holding that she can go back to. Sometime. Yeah. Very cool. Nathan, the camera pans over to Paulton. Please tell me I pronounced that correctly. Oh yes, you did. <laughs> so, camera pans to Paulton. And he has two rats. No. <laughs> so, um, Paulton, last name Seppa, um, friendly guy. You see, he's uh, kind of in your average, everyday fancy bard warb. Warbs. Um, yeah, he's a bard, human bard. He's a bit of an entertainer. Um, he might be a bit of a musician. So, if there's ever a song in his heart that needs to motivate his teammates, He's the guy to do it. Uh, he may or may not be proficient in loot, castanets, and bagpipe, just for those who are interested in case you have your flavor of choice. Um, he's got a bit of a tongue on him that's landed him in some trouble in the past, but he just likes to speak his mind, you know? He calls it as he sees it. Um, he's got, he's got um, 
this lifelong, this lifelong dream that drives him in his every action. And that is, and this is completely, completely above game, but he does have a rival he would like to overcome. And he's doing everything he can to better himself as an entertainer, as a bard, to better his rival, who may or may not be a voice in his head. No <laughs> specificities there. But um, overall, good guy. Just here to have some fun, play some tunes, and make sure everyone enjoys themselves. And also, obviously, get paid, for sure. Was he ever in a boy band? <laughs> <laughs> Will his next album have a diss track to his rival? No comment as of now. <laughs> Some will be revealed. We shall see. Yes. And I'm sure his greatest hits will be revealed over time as well. Oh, indeed. All right. Uh, so as you guys are enjoying yourselves by the campfire, uh, is there anything that any of your characters specifically wanted to do on this cold, misty evening in the forest? Um, um, Evelyn is very likely, if it's a cold, misty evening, she's probably sitting there and like, wafting the mist toward her face and just like saying intermittently like we can find light in everything around us <laughs> something like that <laughs> uh, I would just be personally sitting there giving her the biggest side eye I can muster <laughs> just kind of curious as if to if she's detecting evil because mist usually means danger so I'm kind of on high alert looking around I'm not really fond of the mist it's it's there is like a I'm sure there's a demi plane for it or something. I'm just looking around. Well, it is called the Misty Forest. That's actually the real forest name outside of Daggerford. So the mist isn't necessarily surprising, but yeah, there is a bit of a sinister, sinister way. It seems to be kind of taking shape around Evelyn as she's inhaling it and bringing it in almost like uh, Strix. You can almost see what look like little, for lack of a better term, almost animal-like forms <laughs> Oh no! In, in the mist. But it's all, you know, it's like seeing a, a hand in a cloud or something. It's, it seems at least superficially innocent. The mist certainly doesn't seem to be debilitating you in any way, but you are sort of seeing odd shapes. Now your friends aren't, so maybe it's just you. Mm-hmm. I suppose during this, Dieth is just trying to, I'm just trying to keep myself warm and perhaps yes. checking whatever travel map so I can try to get an idea of uh, where we're going to and, uh, Strategize and yeah. add for the next day. Yes, you're 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 heading off uh, into the great lands of adventure, studying your maps. Uh, Strix, as you're sort of paying attention to the mist too, you start to see that it does take the form. The mist almost takes the form of like gnawing rats. <laughs> <laughs> Do I notice this? No, no, just okay. just Strix. That's good. Cool. And. Uh, and uh, uh, and some of them even kind of dance around you, Strix. Ah! <laughs> yes! I'm, going, I'm going Barbie. Everything's bad. Everything's bad. Everything's bad. I just stand up and go, everything's bad. Everything else looks normal to everybody else. Like, you don't know why she's standing up. I mean. Does she do this often? Like, is this something that we uh, This is something she does often. Just <laughs> yeah. And all uh, mist is weird and it feels weird on your skin, but just, we'll go to bed soon. Don't worry about it. Right, yeah. There was that time that she thought she saw the face in the wagon wheel, and there was that time when she thought, you know, it's not uncommon for her to have these sorts of experiences. You guys knew how many times I saved your life. (laughs) And I am so thankful for that, Strix. I'm just so glad that I've been with you and you've been able to save my life, because aren't we all just here to save each other? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I say. (laughs) 
Anyway, your fire sputters as the low mist continues to gather around the edges of your camp, uh, growing closer as the night wears on. By morning, the fog hangs thick in the air, uh, turning the trees around you into gray ghosts. Then you start to notice that these aren't the same trees that surrounded you the night before. We have just gone and, and gotten ourselves lost. Look at that. We're just in a totally different part of the forest than we've been before. Well, I'm glad you're optimistic about this. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I'm convinced you're, you're just, you are a Tanari martyr. That's what you are. You just believe anything anyone says. You believe we're safe and you believe that this is, I am so, I'm so concerned. I'm just, you know what? I'm just, concerned. I draw close to her and I, or him, him or her, Strix. Her. Her. I put my hands on either, on either. Side. I say, I know we're no. lost and I believe we're lost. No. And I'm so glad that no. I'm going to find my way out of this with you, no. my friend. Don't, don't touch me with your, with your weird, your sparkly hands. I don't like them. <laughs> as okay, this is happening, as this is happening, which is, uh, uh, I'll, I'll get up and immediately start checking our surroundings. Uh, I'm not the greatest at survival, but I'll try to make sure looking for any kind of tracks that we have previously uh, made uh, leading up to this point. See if I can find them. That's uh, please, please make a survival check. Certainly. Uh, Eleven. Eleven. You see no evidence of your tracks. That's not good. <clears throat> and you also see other landmarks that sort of betray the fact that somehow, in some way, you have been ushered, campfire and all, from one location to another. We see evidence that we've been ushered. So we see tracks of some kind or like... No, you've... Something, some, some, you don't know what, uh, has uh, transplanted you and your entire camp into parts unknown. No, no, we weren't physically moved. I start patting down, checking my pockets, make sure I've got everything accounted for. Can I, can uh, okay. I, do, can I do an Arcana check? <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, I'm looking at like anything that would apply to this. I've got zeros and everything. I got my dice, you know, my wizard dice. Don't fail me now. Oh, all right. What's that Arcana? So 20. Okay. You, your arcana check uh, suggests that there is nothing magical about what's happened. This seems to be uh, just some, something that is beyond magic or uh, you don't know what. It's almost like the gods themselves have swept you away. Ooh, I don't like that. <laughs> Can I, um, using my, my Oath of the Ancients to... To, or not, where does that come from? For some reason, I have divine sense. Oh, because I'm a paladin. Can I use my divine sense to try to sense if there's anything celestial or consecrated or desecrated around? Absolutely. Um, as you sort of uh, stand up and survey your surroundings, uh, something, and, and you, you actually channel your divine sense, something strange happens. The campfire, which right now has basically been reduced to a tiny little flame, um, just explodes up, upward. And the explosion is so great that for an instant, it kind of takes on bonfire proportions. Wow. The wieners. In that, yeah, the wieners are toast. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> the wieners. 
<laughs> in, that, in that sort of flicker of gigantic flame, you all see a menacing dark shape <gasps> made out of smoke that seems to coalesce into the heart of this fire. And the shape is that of a figure, a dark figure on a great black horse. And it seems to be staring right at you, Evelyn. And it is at this time that Paulton takes out his loose and plays a very dramatic E minor chord. <laughs> <laughs> That, that chord seems to dispel the flame, which instantly disappears, reduces down to nothing, leaving only a whiff of smoke where the fire used to be. Can I make a religion check to tr- see if I know what that might mean? Absolutely. Let me get my dice. Anyone you recognize, Evelyn? I, I just don't know quite yet. I'm racking my brain. Oh yeah, ask, ask her. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, I apologize, Strix. Perhaps this would be more in your field. Always oh, so polite. Oh my! <laughs> so that means oh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I only rolled eight. Eight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with that roll, you can only assume that this is a dark omen, like a a religious sign of something that you are going to see in the future, or something that's going to happen in the future. Oh, that, uh, my friends, I must warn you, that is not a good sign. That means something bad is coming our way and that we got to band together as friends and we're going to, we're going to just vanquish whatever threat that might be. It definitely looked really big and scary. I mean, uh, it did, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was life-sized. I have soiled myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. do, you need, do you need some help? I don't touch me now. I'm fine. Now, hear me out. Maybe the big, scary, shadowy figure was a friend that wants to help us out. Just food for thought. Carry on. I mean, I love to believe that everyone is my friend, but I do know I have learned in the service of the great and glorious Lathander <laughs> there are evil forces at work that we must band together to vanquish at times. And so, considering that this figure did come out of a fire and did look black and smoky and i do feel deeply that it was a bad omen i am thinking that maybe this wasn't a friend maybe well you know what agree to disagree you know that's that's great i love it when we disagree fair enough it would be so boring if we agreed on everything absolutely i start shuffling in my bag for a flask (laughs) (laughs) an ale flask yes so, Diath, you're still looking around at uh, various markers and things. And yeah, at this point, I was going to say, uh, I would like to climb a nearby tree to see if I can't get over, to see if I can't see out at all, or perhaps through the mist. Uh, all of the trees around you are pine trees. Um, and okay. Uh, they're, they're a little bit difficult to climb and still see through, but there are some rocky outcroppings that you can sort of climb up on uh, above the mist. Uh and uh, when you do get up on the sort of tallest mound of rocks that you can find, you can see that through the mist, there is a road or path. It's really just a dirt trail or a wagon trail or something that does seem to cut through the forest here. And oh. it does seem to be in relative proximity to the road you were kind of following um, uh, before you ended up in this strange place. In, okay. in, insofar as it seems to be heading in the same general direction you were headed. Okay, so it's probably the right one. All right, I return to the party. Okay. I think I found where we're supposed to be, at least. I don't trust whatever's happening here. doesn't look like any of you do, so it might be in our best interest just to kind of move on. 
I think that's a great plan. Okay. Okay, tree man. You pack up all your stuff. All right. And I'll meet it and put up the, uh, disperse the campfire and remove any kind of tracks or anything that shows that we were here. Okay. Yeah. You pretty much can erase all signs of your presence. Yeah. Where are we going? Where were we trying to go? Oh, to uh, to a place that shall remain unspoken. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just we're just going. Go to that place where we wanted to go. Yeah. yeah. I hear they have good waffles. I love waffles. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> so we're all agreed that when we get there, we get waffles. Yeah. Sounds like. This is why we travel together. All right. We are the waffle crew after all. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let that become your name, please. <laughs> the Warriors of Waffle. Stop. Stop. <laughs> All right, let's start making our way down on our path. We're just uh, okay. we're on foot. Yeah, we don't have wagons. Yeah, you're on foot. Okay. Yeah. And part of that is because you were told that the passage through the Misty Forest would be pretty rough. Um, a wagon would not be able to traverse it very easily. So as you're following the path, uh, you see black pools of standing water. They're like dark mirrors in and around the muddy roadway that you're now on. And the giant trees loom on both sides of the road, their branches still sort of clawing away at the mist around you. Um, but as you make your way down this road, you begin to see a large um, landmark ahead of you. It emerges from the mist gradually. Uh, the closer you get to it, the easier it becomes to see. And uh, it sort of juts from the impenetrable woods on both sides of the road. And uh, as you advance toward it, you can make out what look like high stone buttresses with uh, uh, huge iron gates set into the stonework ahead of you. It's like you're approaching a giant gateway. Now that- hey guys, we're here. <laughs> that was not on any of your maps. Oh. Guys, uh, we're somewhere. This is not where we get waffles. I'm just telling you right now. Not with that attitude. It's not. <laughs> now we got to make all new maps. I marked down this landmark on my map. Just, eh. <laughs> it's just a sad face. As you, as you get closer to it, you see it's really quite immense. Uh, these stone buttresses rise to a height of about 60 feet. Uh, there, there's huge iron gates uh, set into the middle of them. Um, sort of embedded in the stonework. Through the gates, you can see the road continues and the bars of the gates are all rusty and flanking these gates are two gigantic headless statues of armed guardians. Hey, uh, it looks like those two lost their heads. <laughs> I'm done. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Going home. Oh, wait, we can't. <laughs> so is there... Um... I'll, I'll say this to the party. Does anyone recognize the uh, the handiwork of this structure? Does it look familiar to any kind of particular race or group of people? Do I, I recognize it at all? Uh, you have to get, you'd have, probably have to get a little closer to inspect the actual detail of the stonework, but given the shape of the figure, the giant statues that flank the gateway, you'd think that this is made by a human civilization of some kind because the statues look, apart from the fact that they're missing their heads, they look human. All right. All right. Now you said the, the gate's bars were completely rusted. Is the gate currently shut? Uh, as you get closer, you see that the gate seems to be hanging, or the gates seem to be somewhat ajar. Like there's a oh. bit of a gap between them that you could get through. Um, 
You also, upon closer inspection, see that the heads of the statues are lying in the weeds near the base of the walls before which the wall before which they stand. Good news, guys! I found the heads. So, mystery solved. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Each, each of the heads looks like basically an eight-foot diameter boulder lying on the ground. Right. Okay. Um, Look how much we've already accomplished today. Good job. I give him a pat on the back for solving the mystery. Now, as you sort of track the walls uh, to your right and your left, you see that they go off uh, for about 30 feet before merging with uh, solid, rocky, almost uh, mountainous terrain. So uh, while, while it's possible you think you could circumvent the gate, that would require sort of climbing up onto these mountainous ridges and then descending down the other side, as opposed to just walking through the barred, the barred gates. Right. Well, good thing that someone just left the door open for us. Otherwise, we'd have to climb that big mountain over there. Now we can just walk right in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, wouldn't, you wouldn't say these gates are the most inviting looking, but they, they're certainly not shutting you out. But, you know, they could look a lot worse. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. No! <laughs> there, there could be corpses hanging from the top of the wall. There could be. This could literally be covered in dead people. Yes. It could be exactly. made of dead people. And that would be worse. We yeah. could be dead. Who knows? It could go That's forever, right. but it's, it's always not. that. Yeah. yeah. There's no way we're going to be climbing around this or anything. So I think our best bet's probably going through. Mm-hmm. Lynn, why don't you go first? I would Thanks. love to. Thank you. That's so gentlemanly of you. <laughs> Take the leather head into a walk through. All right. Evelyn walks through between the gates. The, certainly the gap between the half-open gates are big enough that, you know, anybody could fit through. And she's standing on the other side. And I turn around and I say, well, aren't you guys coming? <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Great. And I'm the other, just like. The other three are still waiting for something. A little, little further. You're almost there. Uh, all right. All right. <laughs> I, I keep backing up and looking around and like. All right, let's go. All right, okay. now. So, Chris, I do want to point out at this point that I did start with the Dungeon Delver feat, allowing me to search for traps at a normal pace. Excellent. So I will be continuing forward along with Evelyn and the rest of the party while actively looking for traps. All right. Uh, or anything able- out of the ordinary. Uh, you don't see anything that you would mark as a trap, uh, but I will let you make a perception check. Okay. I will do that. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, 24. Whoa. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, again, uh, you think that these are pretty safe. All right. We're good. <laughs> uh, the gates are all, they're all, they're, the gates are intact, but they're just covered with rust. They haven't been maintained, obviously, for what you would presume to be hundreds of years. In fact, gauging from the, the amount of moss growth and other things on the walls, you would suss out that this structure was probably built about 400 years ago. Okay, so that's pretty normal. Let's move on. Okay. Is everybody through the gate? <laughs> yes. I'm in the all back. Right. All in tricks. It's all good. All I'm right. watching. I'm watching. As you follow the road past the gate and continue on your way, um, just as you're kind of out of sight of the gate itself, you can hear them slam shut. Oh! <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> we've been... We've, I told you! <laughs> that's not normal. Maybe we've been mazed. Are we mazed? Uh... Uh, you're not sure. Well, I mean, like another dramatic E minor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could probably climb 
around the mountain at some point. Uh, oh, you know, is he getting it? It comes to that, you know. So yeah. You also notice uh, from this point, from this vantage point, that uh, beyond the wall that's now behind you, all you can see is a wall of mist. Oh. Weather this time of year is just bad, right? It's the same, it's the same mist here. It's the same. It's the same mist from before, and we were in the forest. I told you, no, listen. Mm-hmm. But is it really the same mist? Can it be the same mist? It, what makes a mist the same? When it's haunted? <laughs> you think there couldn't be more than one haunted mist? Oh. Does it being <laughs> a different haunted mist make it any better? I mean, no, that, that, point. This, that, that cutter, I listened to him. <laughs> all right, I mean, if it's all the same to you. Yeah. It okay. is all the same. Yeah. <laughs> There's sort of a there's sort of a light Seattle-y, drizzly rain sort of falling down upon you now. Um, it's even then you kind of like it. it it's just yeah, a, it's refreshing like, my skin. Very <laughs> much refreshing. It feels oh, that way. <laughs> <laughs> so we're kind of we're mostly crap at this point. On. Yeah. Uh, uh, the rest of you seem to notice that the woods that you're now passing through have the silence of a forgotten grave. And the short sword's coming out. Yeah. You don't hear any birds. You don't hear any crickets or frogs or any other signs of life in this forest. I have a pan flute and I pull it out. And okay. as I'm walking, I start playing like. You're literally an alarm system. <laughs> listen and listen. We already have an entertainer. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Can I just play with, can I jam? Could we jam some time? Maybe. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. We decide to fill in the void of lack of noise. All yeah. right. Excellent. How about everyone <laughs> shut up? I don't like... want anyone to know that we're here by playing dumb in. <laughs> That's what I, like I said. I'd like you both to make performance checks. Uh, okay. <laughs> Where did I put my D20? Hello? Hello? Oh man, my dice are cold tonight. <laughs> cold. All right. I rolled a total of five. <laughs> uh, what is it in addition to the roll, or is it just the roll? Oh, uh, if 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 you have the performance skill, it's your performance skill modifier added to your d twenty roll. Okay, uh, cool. And you, my friend, have a plus five bonus. So that would make twenty three total. Okay, uh, <laughs> not only are you right on key and achieving exactly the, amount, the right amount of happiness and joy that you want your music to, Paulton, you're also covering up for Evelyn's mistakes. <laughs> I'm on my back, yeah. Evelyn, sorry, oh, you win. So together, together you sound great. And Evelyn, <laughs> Evelyn thinks she sounds great. Yeah. That's how good you are, Paulton. So I'm just playing louder. <laughs> I just I lean over to Strix. And I'm like, just let her believe she's doing great. I, I always do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you carry on through the woods in this manner. And uh, you think that, oh, this is making the forest a much happier place when you catch the stench of death. On- <gasps> oh, I'm smelling, not I'm smelling right. musties. There's musties around here. Plenty of musties. Anyone listen to me? Musties. Those are dead people. Oh, that's unfortunate. Um, 
That's a really cute name for a dead person. Go away. <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs> I start walking. I like keep she says go away and I start walking like toward the musties. Okay. You're going to the stench. Yeah. All right. The foul scent leads you to a human corpse half buried in the underbrush about 15 feet from the road. The young man appears to be a commoner or a peasant. His muddy clothes are torn and raked with claw marks. Crows have been at the body, which is surrounded by paw prints. The man has obviously been dead for several days, and he holds a crumpled envelope in one hand. I quick I say a, a blessing, like a prayer, just of like, you know, last rites kind of for him. Okay. And then and then I uh, grab the envelope and I see what's in it. You see that the envelope is sealed shut with a wax seal, um, and the wax seal has a, a letter B. Uh, like this one? <laughs> <laughs> Very similar. Is it the letter uh, B on it? I'm going to cry and scream. The letter B is in the wax, and oh. the parchment is worn and flimsy. Obviously, the, the dampness has gotten to it. Uh, but you can certainly open it without too much trouble, Evelyn, if that's what you want to do. Uh, let's see. I actually, hmm, I suppose I actually take it back to the party and I say, that poor man, he's dead, but his soul is in a greater place and has gone to join with the light. But I found this in his hand and I show it to the the rest of them. I kind of like let them, if they want to take it and inspect it, I let them. I looted a corpse. Fantastic. I didn't loot it. I'm trying to find out who he was and maybe let his family know. <laughs> you're dead. You're bad. <laughs> of course. Uh, I'll take it and immediately inspect the seal. Is there anything about the seal that is recognizable to me? Uh, Any, like, if it has a particular marking or whatever on it? You could make a history check if you like. If you don't have history, just an intelligence roll. Five. Uh, totally unfamiliar. Guys, it's I'll, beeswax. Can I make a, a check as well? Beeswax? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is actually on this die. Is that a 20? That is. <laughs> that was a 20 plus two, so 22. Outstanding. So, first crit. Uh, yeah. Yay! Yay! Um, yeah, pity it doesn't yield better results. Uh, so, what you're in. Savage. I know everything, which is nothing. Yeah. Uh, so what you can confirm, Evelyn, is that uh, your extensive knowledge of wax seals and uh, insignia and noble insignia and like uh, royal family crests and all that other information that was drilled into your head as a young girl, uh, that this is totally unfamiliar to you, i.e. it is not from around the places where you grew up or the lands that you know. Well, is, you know, it is a beautiful seal, but it is not from around here. That I can say 100%. Well, this also might be our only only clue to figure out where we're even at right now. So you should open it. Okay, I'll do an arcana check. Really, just, real, just real quick. Okay. See if there's any magic. Just, you know, I rolled a four. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no magic. You're you like, that, that letter is so magical. It's so magic. I love magic. And I'm just like picking it myself. Yeah. <laughs> so who has the letter now? I handed it back to Evelyn. I was like, okay. you, you should. Well, normally I would respect the privacy of anyone holding a letter, but I feel like it's our duty to make sure that this 
person's family is told if possible. Yeah. So right. In in the name with asking the blessing of Lathander, I will oh. open the letter. Yep, whatever you got on yourself. <laughs> All right. Uh, when you peel open the letter, you see that the letter was dated a week ago. And the uh, it's you see uh, written in a beautiful script uh, in black ink the following words: "Hail thee of might and valor! I, the burgomaster of Barovia, send you honor with despair. My adopted daughter, the fair Irina Kolyana, has been these past nights bitten by a vampire." For over 400 years, this creature has drained the lifeblood of my people. Now, my dear Irina languishes and dies from an unholy wound caused by this vile beast. He has become too powerful to conquer. So I say to you, give us up for dead and encircle this land with the symbols of good. Let holy men call upon their power that the devil may be contained within the walls of weeping Barovia. Leave our sorrows to our graves and save the world from this evil fate of ours. There is much wealth entrapped in this community. Return for your reward after we are all departed for a better life. And it's signed Kalyan Indirovich, Burgomaster. I failed. Uh, Indir, what was what master? Uh, Kolyan Indirovich, Burgomaster. Mm. And you know, you know, Evelyn, that Burgomaster is a title often awarded to sort of like a town mayor type position. Cool. I make note of this. Yes. Uh, well, it sure does sound like we've got ourselves some trouble. Or Mr. Burger Master. <laughs> uh, well, if there's a vampire threat, then it's certainly our responsibility to make sure that we take care of it. And and encircling the place with holy symbols does sound like a totally reasonable way to take care of a vampire threat. I can't say I'm big on the whole vampire thing. I'm pretty sure stabbing and blowing up also gets rid of a vampire threat. Just throwing that out there. Certainly, but we wouldn't want it to spread in the meantime, would we? I mean, it's, I mean, put a pin in it. Yeah. Anybody who, anybody who wants to can make a religion check to see if you recall any particular facts or stories about vampires in general. Ooh, I, I will. I'm not going to bother. Ooh. All right. Uh, fix my lamp. I, nope. Ah! Roll, seven. Roll seven, got an 11. Nope. I dance around. <laughs> I rolled a nat one. So, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Having a bad day. You know what? Maybe I will roll. Yeah. <laughs> Religion is literally one of my proficiencies, and that's what I got. <sighs> 19. I know it's mine too. 19? 19. Wow. Okay. Uh, so you know, um, or at least you've heard through various stories that vampires, hey, they are undead shape changers. They're very, very powerful undead. Uh, unlike skeletons and zombies and ghouls, which uh, maybe you've encountered before, at least you think are kind of in your bailiwick, uh, vampires are a completely different order of creature. Uh, not only do they have the power to assume different forms uh, from mist to various animals, 
but uh, they um, also have powerful ability to charm people and, of course, drain their blood and gain sustenance from doing so. They do have a number of noteworthy weaknesses with which your role, you're able to recall several of them, one of which is they can't enter a residence without an invitation from one of its occupants. Uh, there's the 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 myth. There's a myth surrounding running water, and that vampires find it abhorrent or possibly even dangerous. And obviously, sunlight, although you don't see much of it here, is a is is a huge detriment to vampires as well. Uh, as for myths, you're not what you're not clear about are some myths and stories you've heard about the old stake through the heart. You're not sure whether they're truth or fiction. Um, uh, you don't have any confirmation one way or the other that that actually is an effective way to deal with a vampire. Let's circle back to this mist thing. Yes. Uh, so you know, you know that one of the things that vampires are reported to be able to do is to turn themselves into mist. I'm trying to put two and two together right now. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if this is actually the case or not, but I'm starting to have my suspicions and or my paranoia whilst relaying all the information you just gave to me to the party with the, uh, I guess, the, 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 the suspicion that said vampire could have moved us to wherever this place is, almost as if he wants us here. That is, that would, that would be... Uh, Something that you haven't read about or heard about, but um, you think that you may be in fact correct. You certainly sort of feel in your gut there's something, something in your bones tells you you're not dealing with an ordinary vampire. Okay. I put my short sword away and I take out the silver dagger. I'm, as, as he shares this theory with us about the vampires having like picked us up and moved us, I'm kind of like, you see me kind of self like subconsciously wiping myself off, like. Mm-hmm. Ew, gross. Yeah. I look at them and go, have we been breathing in people? They <laughs> 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 just start spitting all over the ground, like really. I kind of, I like, <laughs> like mm, just spitting everywhere, like hunched over, yeah. being absolutely vile. Yes. So while Strix is having uh, her, her choking fit and trying to barf the people out of her lungs, um, it, uh, I'd like uh, DF and Paulton to make perception checks for me. Okie dokie. Ah. Yeah, 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 I got another good one. 13. 13's good enough. Uh, 22. Uh, you oh. both seem to notice or, or take note at the same time that, uh, that Evelyn has uh, displayed on her presence, as she always does, very sort of prominent symbols of Lathander, the Morning Lord, who is this sort of sun deity, this deity of light. Mm-hmm. I right. sure do. And, uh, that's an interesting choice of person to bring into, for a vampire to bring into his or her domain. Oh. Hmm. Oh. Uh, well, I got nothing. Is your friend? <laughs> I'm like, why are you looking at me like that? Do I have something in my teeth? No, <laughs> oh, you're looking good. All right. Interesting um, choice to uh, vampire on in here, but you know, hey, we don't we don't know uh, we don't know what their plans are. But Evelyn, yes, 
Are you able to call to Lathander right now? Can you hear you? Can you hear him? I mean, I can always open my heart in prayer. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. But I, <laughs> like, he's probably too busy picking his butt or whatever gods do, honestly. <laughs> I, I don't know that Lathander picks his butt, but... Everyone has a butt. Of course he does. We call, and he may, in his infinite wisdom, choose to to speak back to us. But Okay, great. Give it a shot. Right. I'm asking for you to do a solid and see if he can't give us a little bit of guidance or something, just to see. Guidance. Okay. Um, just, like, information... Is that what you're looking for? Yeah. Be like, bruh, where are we? What's up? So, Evelyn, you know that you don't have a, you know, a direct line to right. that it's it's faith as much as anything, but you do get your spells from mm-hmm. your deity, and those spells have not been taken away from you. Okay. But you also feel, or it's starting to, sort of the weight of, of this is all starting to bear down on you, and you do feel more distant from your God than you felt in a long time. Ooh. You know, I will say that although this mist was refreshing at first, it does feel like it's coming between me and Lathander a little bit. I I feel a bit distant, and I confess that I do feel a bit lost in terms of how to communicate with with Lathander. Is it because I talked about his butt? I don't know, but you probably shouldn't do it again. I will. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I, in reaction to this, I'm kind of like troubled and I'm walking and kind of like praying, but nothing seems to be like, I have nothing to share with you. No answers are coming. Just a like sense of kind of troubled. At the moment, we don't have any answers. So I walk over to her and Mm -hmm. I put a hand on her shoulder. I say, so that means you can't help us right now, can you? <laughs> well, really, Lathander's wisdom is so great. He may be helping us right now by being distant. We just wouldn't know that. It's a no, yeah, Paul. It's like a no. Yeah. yeah. Uh, moving yeah. on. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, is there any other, any kind of other clues or anything we can get off this uh, Ed fellow that we found earlier, by the way? So we found this note addressed to someone else, but no. Right. He himself was probably not important, but... He doesn't, he's, like I said, he kind of looks like a peasant or a commoner. Um, he wouldn't, the way he's dressed and probably even his age wouldn't suggest somebody who was in a position of power or authority. Right. Can I, um, we're still surrounded heavily by this mist, right? Yeah, the mist is sort of clinging and uh, filtering through the forest around you uh, with the road leading onward away from the gate, uh, continuing on its course and kind of sloping down slightly. Uh, yeah, the mist has sort of become ever-present. The one thing... It, it totally, you can't see the sun or anything else. It's totally overcast here. I, I'd like to cast Detect Evil. Okay. I feel anything, specifically from the mist, but like our general vicinity as well. Uh, you, this is interesting. This is the first time you've ever experienced sort of a sense of pervasive evil. Um, but it's not centered on anything, and it has no bearing. It's like your evil compass is just spinning around and around and around. Um, this like this overtakes evil to the point where she like drops to one knee. Okay. The evil like it. She's never seen evil like that before, and she lives yeah. in a place of light and good. That this darkness like feels like a weight on her, and she drops to her one knee, kind of gasping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it almost feels like a smothering blanket has been fa- sort of fallen over her when she casts that. 
Yeah, and I immediately stop casting the spell and okay. kind of just sit there trying to gather my wits. All right. Well, your Uh-oh. friends obviously take notice of that. Oh, Cutter's finally lost it. She's lost it. It's. It's. I told you it was going to happen. I try and find some water or something on the ground, but all yeah, I yeah, there's there's pools of dead water on the ground. You can just okay. Make- I just pick them up and just start splashing them on her. I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> like whatever. Like that's <laughs> kind of like jolts me awake, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> this. See, I'm this a good place. Man. It's just the evil in this place is so strong. It's it's everywhere. Everything is evil. We we must be the light. You said the same thing when you got too close and smelled me. Well, that that was a little more physical. This is a little more... Oh, oh okay. Mm. Yeah, got mm. it. Either way, she's right. None of us feel good around whatever this mist is. No, there's something unwholesome about it. Yeah, so we should try to get out of it as fast as possible, but we only have, what, one direction we can realistically go right now. And all we know, we can go deeper into the mist, but what choice do we have? Right. Right. It's Damn the it. road or the forest. Aye, aye, Captain. All right, so you press on, um, and eventually the road leads you out of the forest after about a mile into uh, misty, almost grasslands, like uh, moors or something. Um, it's a very lonely place, and suddenly even the openness is disturbing to you. Uh, where the trees were starting to feel claustrophobic as they kind of hemmed you in, now you feel completely exposed. Uh, and the rain comes, starts to come down harder as you make your way across this plain. Uh, but the road is leading you onward. It gets very muddy, and you can see much more clearly here wagon ruts in the dirt. Some of them quite deep. Okay, well, wagons is a good sign. We can follow that to some kind of some kind of civilization. Yep. And I would say, let's see, after about another mile or so the road comes to the outskirts of what appears to be a town or village. Ah, civilization. There's bound to be someone who has some good in them there. Uh, yeah, let's assume that. Tall, tall shapes loom out of the dense fog that surrounds everything. The muddy ground underfoot gives way to slick, wet cobblestones. The tall shapes become recognizable as dwellings, the windows of each house stare out from pools of blackness and no sound cuts through the silence except for a mournful sobbing <gasps> that echoes through the streets from a distance. That's the only thing we hear? Yeah, besides <laughs> yourselves. And uh, these homes are sort of, they're kind of tall and Victorian looking. They don't seem to match the architecture of the Northlands of the realms to which you're accustomed. Uh, there's something... Um, uh, almost uh, gingerbready about them, but of course they're really just black silhouettes at this point in the fog. Would I um, recognize anything about this as being planar or something similar to that? Or it does seem to be out of sorts with the 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 lens that you call home. Uh, yeah. You do feel like you're almost in another plane. All right. These builders, whoever built these places, do not follow the architectural styles you're accustomed to. Right. I kind of tell that to everyone. Looks like we're looks like we're back in the plains. I know you guys don't believe me when I say those things usually, and just kind of look at me like I'm a crazy person. But that's that's we've definitely moved somewhere else. The sobbing noises that you hear are clearly uh, from a woman. Sounds like an older woman. Hold, you're up. I take out my <laughs> play a lively tune to bring the mood up. There it is. <laughs> All right. 
yes, suddenly there is this music in the air. Um, now, whatever is making the sobbing is far enough into the village or town that it probably can't hear you, even if you're playing at your loudest. But as you, if you want to continue making your way into the uh, village, is it your intention to keep playing, Halton? As in to draw attention to yourself? Always. Always. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then as you begin to uh, play your music in these solemn, misty streets, <laughs> you see very little life or light coming from the buildings around you, um, but the sounds of the sobbing are leading you toward what you believe to be the center of the village or town. Uh, and there, at least, you can see a slice of light. Tough crowd. Exactly. <laughs> um, and you, you also begin to see that many of the houses here are boarded up. Not all of them, but about half of them are boarded up. So, there are a few places open to rent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, rent is cheap. That's looking on the bright side. When you get to the village square, uh, you can see on the left side of the square is... Uh, a building with sparse light spilling out from behind drawn heavy curtains. A sign over the door creaking on its hinges reads, Bill Drath's Mercantile. On the other side of the square, you see a larger building, a two-story edifice. Um, and the light that sort of spills out into the square comes from its open doorway. Um, the single shaft of light thrusting through this, thrusting out of this open doorway, spilling onto the street, uh, seems to lead into a tavern. Above its doorway, a sign hangs precariously askew, proclaiming this establishment to be the blood of the vine. The sobbing noise that you hear actually seems to come from a side street. just behind uh, Bill Drath's mercantile. And no one has come to greet you. I like hurry toward the sobbing with a, oh. a look of like concern. All right. As she runs off, uh, I go crap and I follow after her. <laughs> All right. I follow too. It leads you to a dark two-story townhouse. It's about 40 feet square and it's boarded up. The sound of the sobbing seems to be coming from the upper floor. I, I like, is the front door open? Uh, it is boarded up. I start looking for an entry. Okay. You find an open window in the back of the building where I guess the boards were peeled off and discarded. I, I yell, anybody, is anybody in there? May I, may I come in? <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Uh, the sound of the sobbing woman, uh, she seems inconsolable. She does not stop or break her sobbing to the sound of your calls. I said, she sounds like she's in real trouble. And I start to shimmy through the window. Oh, I God. say under my breath, but loud enough for you to hear, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> I say, and audibly for everyone, I agree. I'm just pacing outside going, I'm not, nope. Mm -mm. Oh. I get pulled in a high five. <laughs> okay, so at the moment, Evelyn, you land inside what appears to be an old kind of rotted out kitchen 
uh, with a hallway leading to a staircase that goes up into the heart of the house, uh, but none of your friends have followed you inside. A couple rats scurry around your feet. I say, oh, cute. <laughs> and then I, I keep going toward, and I keep saying things like, hello, are you all right? But having been a seasoned warrior, I do uh, pull out Lightfall, my trusty okay. Cadillac, and I have that. Having me. seen all the horror movies, you know, yeah. to yeah. be a source of light. Okay. I, I, I do make my way inside, but I'm staying far enough away. Okay. Just in case. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to intimidate the other person for, you know, for having more than one person trying to help or whatever. But, you know, I've got, I've got, uh, uh, I have the short sword at the ready and I'm just constantly looking around, checking our backs and. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll wait at the, I'll wait at the window, kind of watching their back as they go in, even okay. though I think they're dumb and I'm also very paranoid. I also am, I'm not that dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and Paulton, are you hanging around outside as well? I will hang around outside. Excellent. Okay. Are you still playing? Oh, at this point. <laughs> I'm changing the mood and I see things are intense and I play a little bit of like, It's ominous. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Happening? This is the first time that I've pulled out my battle axe. So, can I just tell you a little bit about it really quick? Please. <laughs> oh, please. So, as I mentioned, it's called Lightfall, and it's a two sided battle axe, so two blades, one on either side, and it's perfectly like symmetrical. But the symbol of Lathander is in the middle. so And that is kind of like a sun with a, a road leading to it almost. So it's this really cool geometric shape. And it uh, it's not necessarily gold, but it's gold colored, you know, and then gleaming and sharpened. And it's like my most prized possession of all time because it's my holy symbol as my paladin. So I'm carrying that in front of me as like the, not only my weapon, but also the banner of my God. <laughs> I'd like to imagine that explaining the weapon was actually your character in game too. Before you actually go in, you're like, guys, before I go in, check this out. <laughs> the banner of my God. Yes, the banner of your God. So as you're going through this house, you are lit up brightly. So you're like this, this little light inside this dark, almost very oppressive home that's uh, simply decayed over time. Nobody's really keeping it up. And uh, DF, you're standing, if, you know, about a room back, giving her space. You just see this golden light getting a little bit dimmer and dimmer and dimmer as it goes deeper into the house and then up the creaky stairs. Does my, do I emanate light actually, like as a paladin? No, no. Okay. Because I think I am wearing, by the way, uh, I'm not, I haven't used them yet, but I'm wearing winged boots of the dawn. And I yeah. think those do emanate some light. Maybe. Maybe. You could look it up. Maybe not. Let us see. I don't think winged boots do by themselves, but they are kind of dashy, like really kind of sensational looking. Oh, maybe it does. It just says they glow in the moonlight. So that's probably a cosmetic thing. Oh, okay, great. Never mind. Sorry. All right. Yeah. And as you're making your way up the creaky steps, uh, you see at the top of the staircase an open doorway uh, uh, leading to a room, and the moaning sob comes from there. And as you poke your head in, you see a plain figure uh, standing by an upstairs window, just sobbing, sobbing continuously. She's, or it, or God knows what it is, she's got her back to you. 
So you just see this figure with a hood up, the clothes that she wears are all kind of old and moth-eaten and they've lost all their color. She's the most drab, miserable thing you've ever seen in your life. And as she stands by the window, you notice um, in your light that she is clutching something to her chest that you can't see because her back is blocking the view. I reach out. I'm staying at the door. I reach out with my divine sense to see if she is celestial fiend or undead. Oh, good call. She is none of those things. Okay. Once I've confirmed that, I I don't rush to her side, but I gently kind of come around in her view and I say, "May I may I help you? Is there is something wrong? I'm I'm here to help if I can." Uh. For the first time, she sort of stopped. Her sobbing turns into a whimper. And as she turns around, you see she seems to have a maybe a baby clutched in her arms, but there's no indication of life. <gasps> oh, uh, my heart is just like rend it. Rent, rent, rent? Rent, yeah. Rent. My heart is rent. And I kind of like, I had my battle axe at the ready, but at that point I kind of start to relax and put it to the side so it's not to threaten her. Dieth uh, breathes out a sigh of relief and says to himself, oh, it's just a baby. Jesus, all right. <laughs> Guys, and it's she's, just a dead baby. It's all good here. She says, my Gertruda. My Gertruda. I, I come up and I, I put a hand on her shoulder and try to comfort her, and then I try to get a closer look at the, the bundle that's presumably this baby. It's a doll. Uh, I say, oh. Gertruda looks like she's doing okay. This is not Gertruda. Oh, I'm so sorry. Who is Gertruda? She she still clutches the doll protectively, almost turning it away from you because she doesn't want you to touch it. Like it's all she has left in this world. Uh, uh, And her light, you can see she is not used to your light. She is like squinting and the tears are coming, have been streaming down her face, but she can barely look at you because you're just so intense. Mm -hmm. Um, Brightness. I kind of, I'm like, you know, I give her space a little bit and I'm like, who is Gertruda? How can we help you? My daughter. Where is she? She's gone, taken from me by the devil, Strat. The devil? She's been gone a week. What happened? Tell me everything. She disappeared in the night. How do you know that it was it was Strahd, you said? Because it's always him. Who is this Strahd? He's the devil. Well, if he is, then he is going to answer to me and the great Lathander. We will find your daughter and we will bring her back. Yes, you must find her. You must bring her back to me. I cannot live without Gertruda. What's she- your name? Mary. Mary, don't you worry. Gertruda is my priority. I will try and find her right away. Oh, thank you. Thank you. The devil has taken her into his house. Where is that house? She says, the castle. The castle. Is it nearby? Too close. It watches over us. Its eyes are always on us. Foul, evil place. Black, black. Well, you know what they say. In the blackest of darkness, the light shines brightest, Mary. And we There is find- no light. Not anymore. 
the light is gone. I can certainly see how you would feel that way, but don't worry. I will do my best to con- convince you otherwise. So I, I, I she throws so, herself down at your feet. I, I kneel down and comfort her, and then I, I motion to my friends and I say, "These are all my friends. They're going to yes. help us too." And I motion. Whoa, whoa, whoa! And for the first time, she's actually sort of dropped the doll so that she can basically hug your boots. Um, uh, and the doll is just sort of staring up at you at the floor, this lifeless toy, really. Um, and it's missing one of its eyes. Uh, I'm still at the door. I'm good. Hey. Oh, come on in. Come on in. Meet Mary. Mary's my new friend, and she knows about about Strahd, and he's like the source uh, of darkness, and we're going to help, and we're going to figure out how did he get here. Can I clamber in when I hear yeah. Stop Absolutely. crying. Okay, I, I hear stop crying and assume everyone's dead and I go into Lutha. <laughs> when I get in there, I'm surprised to see they're still alive. Yes, yes. This this wretched old woman uh, beside herself with grief now being consoled by Evelyn. Oh, and of course. She's herself completely at Evelyn's uh, uh, feet. I walk in, I see what's going on. And I just say, why do I feel like you just signed me up to do something? Because I sure did. Aren't you excited? Fantastic. Yeah. Great. And I, I fill them in on anything they might not have heard. I, I say, this is Mary. Her poor daughter, Gertruda, has been taken by, by this person, Strahd, who she says is the devil himself. And that's, oh, that's always great. Right. And he's bringing all this darkness. And we have to go in and take, take the light there and, and rescue Gertruda. Yes, you'll rescue her, bring her back to her mother. And that's one of the best things we could do. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna walk up to this sad woman and, yes. and kind of be like, hey, uh, what's what's up with this, this town? Why is what? it boarded what? up? She sort of looks at you wide-eyed, um, like she can see into your soul, Strix. And and, like, uh, she's a little unnerved at first, um, but she's too scared to move. Oh, don't be scared. That's just Strix. Strix is going to help us. Yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. What did you ask her? I cut you off. Oh, I, I just asked her what, what was going on. Why is why are the houses boarded up here? Is there a reason behind this? The others have died. Okay. What happened to them? Why did they die? He says... Because we're all damned. I mean, that's debatable, but without bringing religion into it, what killed them? (laughs) She says, life, life in this cursed place. And Strahd and his minions. Okay. they, They hunt us. They kill us. They torture us. Minions. Someone that has minions is bad. The wolves. Not our guy. The wolves and the bats. Beware. Beware. They will take you. Take you forever. The wolves and the bats. Oh, that's no good. Hmm. Well, thank you, ma'am. <coughs> he says, we have all lost everything. So you said Strahd has minions and that they're wolves and bats. Have you ever seen them, like, change shape or anything? Yes. Yes, I have. Here, in my house, they came. 
Is that who took Gertruda? Yes. Yes, that must be it. She would not wander off on her own. No, not my Gertruda. I'm sure she loved you very much and would never go far of her own accord. No, she would never leave her mother. No. Weren't there a rest downstairs? Oh, yeah. Hey, hey guys, do you think that maybe, like, all the stuff that isn't dead, it's just, like, monsters now? Like, old people, maybe, are now monsters? Like, maybe that's why they're gone? Maybe this... I mean, you're a nice lady. Maybe you're not a monster. Well, I'm just... Not to upset you, Mary, and don't you pay this no mind, because don't worry, we'll take care of it, but I'm just thinking, we did get a little a little notice that we might be dealing with some vampires here or in these parts and we do know that vampires can change shape and so i'm just wondering if maybe the minions of strahd maybe the vampires maybe we just cut that off right at the source and then problem solved he says yes do what you can to save my beloved gertruda she's all that matters to me now well, we are all one with the light, and I'm sure wherever she is, she is just fine. Mm. Every time she says that, Strix just, like, does something to it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, that light word comes out. Just, when, uh, when Evelyn says we're all the light, we're all part of the light, we're all that kind of thing, you can see a, sort of a, a weird look across Mary's face, like she doesn't quite believe it either, or she can't fathom what Evelyn is saying. Um, oh, I get you, girl. I get <laughs> And uh, Mad Mary sort of touches, reaches up to touch your face, Evelyn. Gross, gross, gross. I don't, you see, I don't. You see, her, you see her sort of withered, warty, pale, almost phantom-like hand uh, drift ever closer to your face. I don't wince at all. I, like, take her hand. Okay. <laughs> and she says, I have never seen a light like you. My my eyes tear up when she says that, and I say, you are such a blessing to me. Thank you so much. I will, <laughs> that strength will flow through me, and with the grace of Lathander, I will do good in this world. Thanks <laughs> like you. I lean back to the rest of the party. This is bullshit. Pay <laughs> <laughs> them no I, mind. I know They're still learning how to harness the light inside of them. I know you will. I, like, pat her hand reassuringly, and I, okay. like, can we go to the pub? <laughs> well first we gotta go take care of this vampire threat mary you just stay oh, here no. and i pick up the doll i hand it back to her and i say you just stay here you stay calm and we'll be back just as soon as we can when you pick up the doll you see it's a malformed thing with a strange leer and a sackcloth dress um it's it's certainly a crude toy um you also notice there's like a frayed tag uh stitched into the hem of the dress uh, and obviously this toy, this toy looks like it might be 50, 100 years old, like it's been passed down through generations. What is, do I notice what the tag says? Yeah, it says, is no fun, is no blinsky. <laughs> is no fun, is no blinsky. Yes. There's no blinsky happening. <laughs> I uh I hand it to her and yeah. then I kind of like you see me just kind of like wipe my hands off a little bit like trying uh-huh. not to show her that I'm doing it but like oh I see you <laughs> <laughs> you pull out the wipes after you leave the room yeah a little bit. okay 
So you can see that uh, your your radiance and your your calm voice and your cheer has brought Mary this ray of hope. And even as you kind of back out of the room or leave the room, uh, she's no longer sobbing. Um, she's actually, she sort of cracks a smile. It's kind of an unnerving thing. <laughs> she's ever smiled in her life or so it seems. I, um, I don't have any like spell or anything like that, but before I leave the room, I say a quick prayer to Lathander and ask him to bless the house and put protection around Mary Okay. And, you know, that we will return to this place. <clears throat> yes. And uh, she starts to talk, not to you, but just to, you see, Mary, she sort of turns to talk to somebody beside her who isn't there and says, she'll be home soon. Gertruda will be home soon. This doesn't bother me at all. I nod happily and then I leave. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> everybody, goes, everybody goes down the squeaky stairs. Now you see the front door is all boarded up from this side. Um, a lot of the boards look like they're hanging on with dear life. Like you could simply, you know, bang your fist on the wall and all the boards would fall off. That seems to be working so far. Let's go out the window. Yeah. I have a phobia of old food. Is this a bad time to talk about it? <laughs> we can talk about it right now if you want. Just come on, let's go out the window. How do you feel about old food? No. No, you don't. <laughs> that's that's a reasonable way to feel. Your feelings are all okay. You're going to kill me one day. I am. I hope not. <laughs> so I believe I, I, I believe Strix wanted to go to the pub. Yes, right. I want to go to the pub. To the pub. Is I actually agree. Before we move on or try to do anything, we need to figure out where we are, or at least some information for ourselves, at least first. Wait on the yeah. bus. All right. Now, when you go back, leave, exit the window, and you go back out onto the street and toward the square, uh, and the pub is sort of positioned on one side of the square. Uh, you can see that the, the town square has basically f four roads radiating out from it. Two seem to go out to the outskirts, seem to cut through the town and sort of head to the outskirts. Uh, one of the roads, um, actually three of the roads appear to, uh, but there's another road that sort of cuts across the town diagonally. And through the mist, you can see what looks like a church on a hillside. Um, that's not where you're going, but I just pointed out because now that you're headed toward the tavern, you can actually sort of see it left of the tavern. You can follow a road that would lead you right to the church. Um, so that I just point that out. Now, the tavern itself, as I said, is lit from within, and that light is spilling out through an open window. You do not hear music or really any other sounds emanate, or any sounds whatsoever emanating from it. Certainly no cheer. I, uh... It's time to change that. Yeah, I look meaningfully at Paulton and I'm like, I don't hear no music. I'm also a lady. You also <laughs> notice that the, the old sign, the dilapidated sign above the door, um, the N has been scratched out of one of the words. So where it used to say, uh, um, the blood uh, of the vine tavern? Yeah, uh, basically, uh, where the, the, the place is called the blood of the vine, but, uh, an N has been scratched over with the F. So it used to say blood on the vine. It's like somebody changed it for some reason. Hmm. Uh, when you poke your head inside, you see uh, a very shoddy looking interior, but there is a blazing fire in the hearth, which gives scant warmth to what you see are a few huddled souls within. They include a barkeep, uh, three colorfully dressed women, 
who seemed to be sitting around a table together in silence. Right. And a man um, who kind of looks like that. Whoa. Oh, he's a handsome fella. I noticed him right away. <laughs> oh my God. And he's got sort of a, he's got, he's got the, what you're now quickly realizing is sort of a common grayish pallor of somebody who has not seen the sun in a long time. Is the uh, barkeep male? He is. He is sort of a pudgy little man. Uh, when you uh, sort of eye him, you see he is uh, busy cleaning glasses one after another and kind of stacking the clean ones on the bar. All right. I'd saunter up to the barkeep and say, what you got for, what you got for Bub, sir? Uh, he says, glass of wine, one copper. I walk up to the bar. of wine, one silver. <laughs> I'll wait till you're done. That's right. I'm pretty. And uh, you see he goes back to cleaning his, gla- his glasses. Can I use my popular by demand and receive free food or drink for a performance? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. um, are you are you are you uh, going to just sort of break out into a performance and let the effect sort of that you're not? Ooh, ooh, let me be your hot man. Let me be your hot man. I go up to Barkeep and like, <laughs> have you heard of the great Colson? I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's just the greatest thing since Backstreet Boys. I don't know. Oh, I, he he is just taken the entire realm by storm and you cannot rest until you've heard him. Hit it, Paulton. Oh my, well, I mean, I, I'm put on the spot here, but I guess, and I immediately take out bagpipes. Yeah. And I do says, like bagpipes. <laughs> and I play a lovely bagpipe ode. All right. Now, you know, within sort of the hollow confines of this tavern, that this sound is going to blast out through the open doorway, resonate through the town square, and probably be heard in every square inch of the village. But But we'll get free food. And also, (laughs) as you play, you see the uh, barkeep doesn't even, it doesn't seem to phase him at all. I mean, this guy has about as much life in him as uh, a ripped up weed. Uh, He's, there's really nothing, he sees nothing inspirational in music whatsoever. However, the other individuals in the tavern certainly take an interest like, this is something they never, ever expected to experience in their paltry little lives, ever. Um, the three women around, the colorfully dressed women around the table, their eyes widen and their ears perk up. And the, uh, the handsome, the pallid, handsome man uh, sitting in the corner also seems to take great interest in this performance. Would you like to make a performance check just to see how marvelous your... Um, oh, oh, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> oh boy, rough day. <laughs> All right. Uh, after you uh, give your, after you play your song, the three women at the table all clap exuberantly and uh, call out "Bravo, Bravo!" Uh, the man in the corner uh, just sort of arches an eyebrow and takes another drink from his tankard. Um, but the three women stand up and quickly surround you, and they usher you over to a table, their table, uh, sit you down, and put drinks 
down in front of you and they order the barkeep to serve up free drinks for everyone else as well. Yay! Awesome. Nice. And the women, the women are now like literally just all over you, Halton. Um, oh, oh my. And they, Again. Uh, and uh, one of them is uh, making sure your drink stays full. The other one uh, is sitting across from you and just sort of making eye contact with her, her chin on her hands, uh, her big green eyes uh, looking at you lovingly. Uh, and you can see the other one is making sure your friends are well tended to. And I'm like, actually, I keep going around and being like, isn't he just the greatest? Isn't he the best thing you've ever seen? But I continually like get in between them and right. like, isn't one of the, he can't just not believe? And I'm like, the one that says, well, he's not the best thing I've ever heard, but he's, 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 he's <laughs> well, I would just good. love to hear whatever else you've heard. Cause I think he's just the greatest thing <laughs> I've ever heard. I overhear this lady saying, I'm not the best thing. Yeah. I take out my eyes of charming, and I said, uh-huh. oh. 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 <laughs> 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 I, when he does that, I gasp. <laughs> wow, excellent. I think there's a saving throw in her future. <laughs> wow. <All right. laughs> Here we go. So hey. She says, I stand corrected. There is something <laughs> I didn't see at first glance about him that I find utterly irresistible. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, she comes over to you, Paulton, and she says, I'm Sorvia, and these are my sisters, Elenka and Mirabel. We're the owners of this establishment. Well, it's nice to meet you, my lovely ladies. And I do very much appreciate the lovely hospitality you are showing me and my friends here tonight. Thank you. Elenka, who's not, not taken her eyes off you since you sat down, says, of course, of course, you're more than welcome here. You're friends as well. When she says your friends as well, I like shoulder to shoulder against Paulson. I'm like, gee, thanks. Hey, I'm the friend. <laughs> I'm just at the bar drinking and doodling on some uh, parchment that I have. Okay. Uh, the barkeep pays you absolutely no attention. He seems totally fixated on cleaning his glasses. And he sort of gets to the end of them because he's only got about 12 glasses. <laughs> Once he gets to the end, he starts to clean them all in sequence again, almost like he's been programmed to. Oh, how is the wine, by the way? Is it, I like it, uh, gross? The, the wine, uh, you would consider to be fairly middling. All right. It is, it is not as zesty, spicy, as, uh, as, uh, as sweet, or as strong as you would like it to be. Yep, that's me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still doodling, that's what I'm doing. I'm just right. like waiting for the bar to get done. So, DF, as, uh, as uh, Evelyn is uh, talking up uh, Paulton, and Paulton is swarmed by these women, and Strix is off at the bar, basically um, studying with some disapproval this wine that she's been served, what do you do? Uh, I've uh, taken my own simple drink. At this point, I actually go, I've sat down next to the uh, gray-haired fellow. I kind of sit next to him, put my feet up, and I lean over to him, and I say, noxious, right? Sorry, what? The music. He does this all the time. I'm just, I'm so sick of it. He says, it is all good. It is very good. He says, I am Ismark. Ismark? Yes. Pleasure to meet you, Ismark. Where are you from? He says, I am from here. I am Barovian. Where are you from? 
my friend. Uh, originally from Waterdeep. I don't know if you've ever been there before. Waterdeep, I've never heard of it, but based on your dress, I think uh, you are foreigners. Yeah, that's for sure. We have. You came through the mists, yeah. 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 How'd you know that? You are not the first to come here. Others dressed like you have come before. They are no longer here. Oh, I guess it's natural. People tend to wander. Where'd they go? They died. Right. He says, but I don't mean to get your spirits down here. Let me get you some more wine. He says, this land that you have found yourself in, there is no easy escape, my friend. I'm sorry, but you are trapped here with the rest of us. How long have you been trapped? Well, I was born here. My adopted father was the burgomaster here. I have a sister, half-sister, actually, Irina. She lives here as well. These are sad days. They're all sad days. But we try to keep our spirits up, my sister and I. Said the sister's name was Arena? Yes. Okay. He says, the, the dread can overtake you. It takes a person of strong character to withstand it. Right. He says, is there, right. I, I know this place like the back of my hand. Is there anything I can do to help you? Uh, what was the exact name of this town? This town is called Barovia. It is named after the land of the same name. The land of Barovia stretches through the, through the mountains and the forests around us. The village of Barovia has been here since the land was first founded by our dread lord and tyrant, Strad von Zarovich. Do you, uh, you keep up with your sister Alina much? My sister and I live here together. I look after her, but things have been difficult of late since the devil himself came down from his castle to besiege her. She has been afflicted by him, as many others before have been afflicted by him. He visits her in the night. She is now locked in our house, safe for the time being, but for how long, I'm not sure. I wish to take her to safer land, across the mountains, out of the way, perhaps beyond the devil's reach, but I cannot do it alone. Yeah. I bring my feet down. And I kind of like sit up in my chair and lean forward on the table. You're looking for help. We are all looking for help, but yes, I wish to protect my sister and I fear I will not be able to by myself. No, I mean, you're already looking for help. You or your sister sent out a messenger, yes? Yes. With no hope of belief that this messenger would succeed. Oh, I hate to say it, but you were right. I found about the body we found out on town with a, uh, a letter talking about how Arena was bitten by a vampire, et cetera, et cetera. The man was one of my father, was my father's servant, Dalvin Olensky. I to hear of his passing. I'm not surprised. 
Yeah, we didn't really intend on getting here or being here. Yes, I know. You have been brought here by the devil. I fear that he has taken an interest in you. And I wish to help you as much as I can. I do not fear him like most others do. Can I roll, uh, can I take a quick insight to see if uh, he seems to be earnest in his willingness to help? Absolutely. 15. Uh, 15, you believe that he is deadly earnest. Okay. Uh, you, you sense uh, 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 an honesty and a, a transparency to him. It's rare. Okay. He says, I wish to take Arena to Valaki. It is a town a settlement in the heart of the valley, beyond the view of Castle Ravenloft, and beyond the reach of Strahd, I hope. I have heard that this place is safer than the village. This village has been constantly uh, harassed by Strahd, I take it? Yes. This, is, this village has nearly died at his hand. How, uh, how frequent or how nearby are Strahd's minions and eyes? They are everywhere, my friend. They are even here among us now. And he sort of uh, casts an eye over to the three women who are currently surrounding Paulton. Uh, and let's get back to them for a moment. Uh, Paulton and Evie. <laughs> Paulton and Evie, uh, Evelyn, Evelyn, you're uh, these women of, uh, you can see that they're Unlike uh, Mad Mary and unlike the barkeep and even unlike Ismark, they're sort of dressed almost flamboyantly by comparison. Uh, you can see that they've got makeup on their face and they've got gold earrings and uh, uh, rings on their fingers. Um, they seem, I guess business is booming, you don't know, but it, they seem to be doing all right. Uh, they also seem uh, more hale and hearty than uh, uh, the other few figures you've met. They got a lot of color in their skin. Um, <coughs> And yeah, they're basically uh, uh, hanging off your every word. They want, they seem to want to know everything about you. They say, uh, uh, "Where we ask you where you came from, uh, what your plans are, all that." Okay. How? And, how? Um, so at this point, uh, everyone's already had their good few drinks. As it is, yeah. like it's been going. So this one, I'm just like, guys, I don't know what the problem is. This place is great. <laughs> I love it here. Everyone's so nice. Everyone's so nice. I don't see what the big deal is. Yeah. Mirabel and Alenka sort of exchange glances and they kind of nod approvingly and they says, Yes, we are all very nice here. We love, we love people. We love people coming and, and enjoying our business. We want, we want this tavern to be a happy place. You seem happy. I'm great. I love stay you. Here, you stay guys. here as long as you like. Tell me about yours. Tell us about yourself. Where do you come from? Where did you find these interesting instruments of yours? <laughs> Can I, I'm going to get up from the bar yeah. and walk over to these guys because I have been talking to the bartender and showing him my drawings and he didn't say anything. So I felt really bad. <laughs> when, you, when you walk over, uh, one, of the, one of the women, Sorvia, says uh, to Paulton, is this your servant? <laughs> Answer carefully, Paulton. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> this is a friend kind of C cool person great person thank you paul she doesn't seem to be in the same class as you hmm she doesn't seem to be of the same class as you oh that's well, no i use magic and he doesn't see 
you're, like, you're like, a witch. No, I, I mean, no, you don't know that. You don't know that. You don't know me. I no, I do. I mean, aside. Anyway, hi. I I go to shake the screen. And I'm like, I'm all this time just basically trying to play like PR manager and Uh man, but I'm like mostly getting in the way. So (laughs) yeah, aren't aren't his instruments great? I just think it's so, look at how he takes such care of them. Isn't that amazing? And oh yeah, you, you haven't met Strix. Strix can do all sorts of amazing things with magic. She is just. Really? What can you do with magic? Show us some of your magic. Yes. Oh, cool. Show us some of your magic. I'll show you some magic, sure. Yeah. Um, It's like, if you thought that the music was magic, then you're going to see some magic here, too. I do like like the bagpipes, though, Holmes, and they are my favorite. Um, (laughs) That's why I brought them. Can I do the, uh, can I do a quick uh, arcana check on these ladies? Sure. What are you you hoping to gain in terms of information? I want to see if there's any kind of, like, glamour going on here. Oh, okay. Go ahead. All right. Um, 17. Uh, you, can, you can absolutely ascertain that one of them has been glamored by Paulton's eyes of charming. And so uh, <laughs> he seems to be hanging on his every word and, and gazing lovingly into his uh, beautiful eyes. Um, the others uh, don't seem to be um, engaging in any sort of magic Right. Or, or witchery themselves, uh, they seem to be uh, just very, very uh, interested in knowing as much about you as possible. Can I tell that she cast that spell? Um, you've probably known her long enough to know when she's doing something like that. So, yeah, I think it's safe. So I, I kind of nudge her, like, not making a big scene, but I'm like, that is so rude. <laughs> <laughs> It's and not the, rude. The sisters once again insist. Please, we insist. Show us your magic. Cast some spells. Oh, I mean, all right. Hey, I, do, 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 the, do the one where you lay. Like, okay, yeah. I, you're, yeah. you're, you're drunk. Uh, <laughs> no, that I, one, that one. I, have, I don't want to waste, I, I, I don't waste my energy on party tricks because I'm well, I'm well versed in the planes and I'm not showing a bunch of like. We don't want party magic. tricks. Show us your real magic. Okay, I have it. I fine. But, okay, ladies. Sure, to pull out the suns out, guns out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna just cast light. Expression says one of them. <laughs> I'm just gonna cast light. That's you know, it's safe. It's dark in here anyway. All right. What are you gonna cast it on? Um, probably oh, one of these here, girls. Oh, no, not you. Oh, <laughs> girls. No, the one that's the one that's been glamored. Well, because like, I mean, she's already. Okay, so you're gonna you have to sort of cast it on an object, so you can cast it on like her, like a pendant or on a. Cool. Yeah, uh, I'll cast it. I'll cast it on her dress. Oh, okay. Okay, so <laughs> her, her dress, dress can light up brightly, and her sisters uh, sort of clap, and they seem uh, uh, really quite impressed by this spectacle. And you all notice that uh, as she stands, uh, she she starts to dance with her glowy dress because she's just so pleased with the spell you've done. And she starts to twirl about the room and she grabs hold of Paulton and tries to dance with him. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like right next to Paulton, so when she grabs him, I'm like, oh! And I like go to, <laughs> to like try to dance with them because I think we're like group dancing. Oh, excellent. Okay, does she, she, does she, she dancing around them? 
Yeah, yeah. So they're dancing dance. around them. All right. They start to dance dance around the tables, and you're sort of dancing along with them. Mm-hmm. And I'd like everybody to make perception checks. I'm not dancing. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> As I know, Diath and uh, dancing at the moment. So I'm going to let them have advantage on their perception checks. Hey! Sweet. I, yet again, roll a five. And Diath, while you are uh, watching this spectacle, Ismark whispers to you, he sort of sighs and he goes, Vistani. Says what? Vistani? Vistani, and shakes his head. Have I heard that word before? Um, Make a history check. Uh, History-wise, 15. I also kind of missed the session tonight. Okay, go ahead. All right. So with your 15, you have heard the word Vistani before in fables uh, that you've been taught or things that you've learned. They're known as uh, planar gypsies. They they occasionally show up in strange lands and strange worlds and rarely stick around for long and tend to disappear as suddenly. And usually after they leave, something portentously bad happens. Right. Uh, Perception was uh, 18 as well. Excellent. And what was yours, Strix? Uh, 15. Well done. You both see as they're dancing around that the light that radiates... Uh, from this woman's dress uh, casts shadows upon the room, obviously, as she's moving around. Um, But because Paulton is with her, his shadow is also sort of looming large and kind of flashing about the walls of the room. It's moving around as he does. The thing you notice is that his shadow is doing things that he is not. What? I make eye contact with Strix, and then I stand up. Hey, it's time to go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh well, this, oh, the wine was great. Just, you know, come on. Alton, you can sing to us alone in the campfire someplace no, else. Just get started. We're having, what's, what's the oh. problem? Oh, no, no. Ismark, Ismark leans into you, Diath. He sort of grabs you by the wrist very gently, not tightly. And he says, perhaps we should go leave and see my sister. Way ahead of you. Guys, time to go. Uh, 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 the, the girl's crying again. <laughs> oh no! I have. Yeah, I know. I have, I have a glass of wine that um, I had been handed, but I've been yeah. so busy talking to everybody and like <laughs> around that I haven't taken any sips of it. So I'm kind of like, uh, and I like find someone and I give it to them. I'm like, have a great day, and then I like follow him. Follow so, him. All right. I have I have prestidigitation. Uh huh. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna cast prestidigitation and fill the room with a really bad smell. Okay, uh, <laughs> and I guess the smell sort of billows out from you or something. Yeah, around like, these like or, like towards the wafting it just towards these ladies, and I'm just oh, like, okay, yeah. All right, uh, you see two the two who aren't dancing begin to crinkle up their noses uh, as they look around the room for the cause of this uh, horrid, horrid stench. Uh, the one who's dancing also sort of stops briefly to sort of take a, a bit <laughs> of this. Uh, Paulton, you also catch a big whiff of it, obviously. Like, ladies, that was not me. <laughs> <laughs> and I must bid you adieu. All right. The bar- you gross, I say out loud. Yeah. Evelyn, grab Paulton, Strix, what's up? We're out, let's go. Woo, I'm running, I'm out. And okay. then I also kind of look back at Ismark and give him like a quick nod to be like, come on. All right. 
the one of the women uh, sort of. Um, it doesn't take offense to your sudden departures, but you can see she does seem to get a little bit uptight, and she says, oh, you're going to leave us for Ismark the Lesser. Ah. Yep. Go, go then. Go with him. Um, None of us uh, are lesser. We are all more in the eyes of Lathander. I agreed with you before you said Lathander, but, you know, <laughs> sure. <laughs> all right. So who is outside and at, at, at this time? All right. Uh, I will. Ismark, uh, DF. Yes. I'm outside shaking my robes off from the sky. Of course. All right. So you're out. Uh, you pull yourself away from her. Uh, her, gla- her. I guess her dress is still glowing, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. And Evelyn, uh, are you going to go out after parting with your drink? Evelyn? Am I what? Sorry. Are, yeah. are, you, are you going out with them after uh, giving up yeah. your drink? All right, you're all now standing outside with Ismark in the in the rain, and actually, it is raining a little bit harder than when you first arrived. I've informed the party of our discussion from earlier. Okay. <laughs> Darkness. And uh, Paulton, you sort of uh, step in a big puddle before you realize, oh, I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I take special well, care to make sure that Juniper in, in his little pouch is all taken care of, not getting too wet in the rain. Right, yes. Gives Juniper a little pat. Um, I have the realization of being drunk because the voice in my head tells me I'm drunk, so I just oh. blurt out of nowhere, I'm not drunk. You're drunk. <laughs> Can I, I am? <laughs> no, not you. Oh. Just don't. Yeah. How we do Drunk on life, that's for sure. Sure. Praise be to sun, whatever. Am I right? Um, right. Yeah. I'm gonna right. shake. I'm gonna shake him a little bit and be like, "Okay." The shadows were alive in there. Everyone was alive in there, man. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> hey. It was quite a party, that's for sure. Man, you just gotta go. Shadows and farts or whatever. You see this awkward man sort of standing amidst you, your your fifth party member, as it were. Uh, DF has already met him, but he's he's trying not to um, get in the way of your discourses. He's just sort of waiting patiently for uh, you guys to get your shit together. <laughs> I turn to him. I'm just like, who's this guy? Who is he, you? All, you see him, right? You all see him. It's not just me. I just told you. Did you miss the part where I said this is Ismark? You know what? Ismark, start leading the way. Do you have a safe house or something we can go to to talk more? He says, we will go to our mansion. There we'll meet you our sister. Meet my sister. Yes, I have a mansion. <laughs> it, is, it is big. It has lots of rooms. Oh, consider. boy. Well, bless your heart. Thanks for the invite. Let's go. Yes, follow me. All right. I will lead you. Uh, he, he leads <coughs> down the road that goes away from the tavern, uh, continues past uh, about a dozen um, mostly boarded-up homesteads, including Mad Mary's place, which is now quiet. And at the end of the road, yes, you see what may have been a magnificent mansion in its day, but now it looks weary looking. It squats behind a rusted iron fence. The iron gates are twisted and torn, and the right gate lies cast aside while the left swings lazily. The stuttering squeal and clang of the gate repeats with mindless precision. Weeds choke the grounds and press with menace upon the house itself, yet... Against the walls, the growth has been trampled down to create a path all about the domain. 
Heavy claw markings have stripped the once beautiful finish from the walls. Great black marks tell of the fires that have assaulted the mansion. Not a pane nor a shard of glass stands in any window. All of the windows are barred with planks, each one marked with um, stains or burn marks of evil omen. Sir, accent man, when you said you had a mansion, I was not expecting this. He says, um, um, this place is old and we have been besieged by Strahd's minions on multiple occasions. Come, it is safe. I think it's okay. lovely. Don't we, Strix? We just think it's the loveliest and we're so thankful that you invited us. Thank you for this hospitality. Yeah, Strix, don't be a dick. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Praise uh, the Vander, by the buns. <laughs> <laughs> he sort of looks up at the gray sky and he says... It is midday. We have many hours to talk before night. This is midday? Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, it's noon. I'm like hammered. <laughs> God, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. I carry on. Uh, so uh, he knocks on the door, and uh, you hear a woman's voice beyond say, Is Mark, is that you? It is me. Let me in. I brought friends to help us. Uh, I were the friends. <laughs> you hear some locks uh, slip away, uh, and the door creaks open, and you see a dark interior. And standing uh, inside uh, the vestibule is a tall woman uh, with um, auburn hair. Uh, you can see that she is wearing armor. Um, and she's got uh, that sort of uh, silvery color, and uh, her breastplate has all this sort of delicate filigree worked into it. And she's also got a red tunic, almost like a blood red tunic with long sleeves. And uh, you'll be pleased to know that while the exterior of the mansion looks like total shit, uh, the interior is actually well furnished. Although the furnishings do show signs of great wear. Um, it looks like this is actually a, a lived-in place, um, and the, the 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 dressings, the carpets, and the curtains, and everything else uh, appear to be more or less intact. You also smell flowers. Um, this, the smell of flowers seems to fill mm. the vestibule, the hallway beyond. <laughs> and uh, once you're all sort of ushered into the vestibule, uh, the woman holds up a candelabra to kind of light her face. And you see that her features are sort of gray. She doesn't get any more light than her brother does. And you see two puncture marks on her neck. <gasps> and that's where we'll stop for this. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> if we close the door. <laughs> Do we get to open this yet, Chris? Hang on to that. Ah! That will come up probably the next session. If you, because you know, Chris sent us these that says to open on stream. No. We've yes, had them exactly. for like a month. It's been on my dining room table. Just really, really want to open it. So I wanted to save a couple minutes here at the end just to sort of decompress. Sure. And, uh, um, also, also to sort of give a little teaser for next week's episode where the characters will not only get to meet Irina Kolyana, but also understand her terrible, terrible plight. Know a little bit more about the man who, or the creature that is haunting her. 
And hopefully we'll also get to meet a uh, Vistani with a great power to divine the future. Ooh. Ooh. Indeed. What did you guys uh, um, think of this first session as far as your characters and uh, sort of what do you think your characters might do in the future? Well, I would say that we certainly have a group dynamic pretty much set. Yeah. <laughs> Feels good. I love our characters' chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They all work so well together. Okay. It's really fun giving everyone a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of all kinds of uh, future little story ideas have crept into my brain. Yeah, interact with each other. <laughs> I've been taking notes behind the screen. Um, so amazing. Good for me. Bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, our party totally feels like they've been together for a while. So that's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And I also wanted to make sure that our our viewers um, follow. Uh, this channel, and uh, I hope that uh, they come and bring their friends to our future episodes. Because yeah, these are going to get pretty harrowing. <laughs> Woo! Bring friends before we this die. This was a happy episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this was the happy episode, basically. Yeah, exactly. And uh, a word, of, a word of warning: Curse of Strahd has its light moments, but it does get into some pretty dark stuff. So, um, the combination of some serious, scary stuff and a mixture. I'm glad you guys are bringing so much light into. The <laughs> <laughs> your your humor might uh, be greatly appreciated. I fear I'll take over eventually. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be really cool because I don't know how Evelyn's going to react to encountering such darkness for the first time in her life, and it may change her or it may just yes. strengthen exactly who she is right now. I don't know. Exactly. I'm willing to out it, yo. Although the adventure has words written into it, and there are sort of uh, things that might seem predestined, pretty much everything that happens in this adventure is going to be dictated by your guys' actions. So the story is in your control. Mm. Well, that's not good, because so far... <laughs> Someone's drunk already. That's yeah. Someone was drunk by noon. <laughs> Someone put on a great that. show. Yes. That's all. Amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so let's call that a wrap. Tune in for episode two next week. See you next week. Hey, thanks for watching. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dice Camera Action with Chris Perkins. Don't forget, Chris and the Waffle Crew broadcast live on twitch.tv slash dnd every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. For more information on the Waffle Crew or Dice Camera Action, go to dnd.wizards.com slash dca or head to the Dice Camera Action wiki at dicecameraaction.gamepedia.com. Until next week, happy hunting. Yeah.